This is Gregory Bloom, your host at Food Chat. And today in studio, I have Chef Jackson Lamb from Metropolitan State University of Denver. Food Chat is about reconnecting you to your food. And it's on every Wednesday, weekdays here at 1230 for your lunch break. Join us for your lunch break here at 560 KLZ. What is Food Chat? Well, Food Chat is about food production in Colorado, including farming, ranching, uh, the processing of food, basically all things involved to get the food from the field to your plate. And if you missed any of our last shows, we've talked about pumpkins, melons, local food events this summer. Jackson and I did a whole um, show on that. We even talked to Dr. Temple Granite about our new book, Thinking Visually, and much more. You can find any of our past episodes at foodchat.us. That's one word, foodchat.us. Hey, today, Chef Jackson, we're going to talk about local foods. This is like the local foods show. Um, so what do you think your definition is of local when you see local or when you're looking to buy local? You know, Greg, in my position over at Metropolitan State University of Denver, I teach basic cooking skills. Early in the or late in the spring semester, we'll actually go to a farmer's market. Hey, have you noticed that they don't call them farmer's markets anymore? I haven't noticed. What do they call them? Fresh markets. Fresh okay. markets. Okay. So I, I took our kids down to the uh, Cherry Creek Fresh Market, and I don't think we have farmers there. I think we have contractors that, are, that are buying product uh, a lot of uh, early in the spring. The product's coming out of California. It might be coming out of Mexico, but they're selling it at the local market. I so, you know, I think buyer beware, we really have to ensure that are those tomatoes from Colorado and you have to think in in May probably not unless they were in a greenhouse environment. So, mm. you know, sometimes we have to kind of look around to see if there are boxes that say Salinas, California, right. pro produce of Mexico. Um, but for me, um, first of all, I'm a big gardener. Got a big garden going on at home. That's about as local as you can get. Mm -hmm. But I work. Uh, I do a lot of work with the Denver Urban Garden people. Do a lot of work with We Don't Waste. We see a lot of fresh produce come through. A lot of it is local produce that's donated. You know, um, often some of these food rescue units are are given donations. I'll I'll share this one story with you. Years ago, I was on the board of directors for the Food Bank of the Rockies. Farmer says, "Hey, uh, down here in Alamosa, I'd like to donate forty thousand pounds." of potatoes to you mm. and the food bank says 40,000 pounds that's fantastic great where are they oh they're out in the field out there you know I don't have the labor to pick them so you know there's a, there's a great product mm. uh, example of a local product but sometimes the way things are donated to help people in the state it's a little convoluted but uh, for me local is the state of Colorado you know if I can buy uh, if I can get those uh, Palisade peaches, uh, 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 the cherries that are so popular, uh, you know, right now we're starting to get a lot of the herbs coming out of the ground. I love all that stuff. My garden at home is, is doing very, very well. I try to buy as local as much as I can. Well, there's different definitions of local, and uh, I, I tell people it kind of depends on what you're talking about because Colorado has a lot of great products, but some products we don't have. For example, there's not a lot of commercial pork raised in Colorado anymore. We just don't raise pigs like we used to. So local pork might be Iowa, yeah, or it might be right across the border, or uh, just it just depends on the item. Now, there's different kinds of local. There's raised or grown in Colorado, like it's produced here. It's grown here. Um, for example, some examples of that would be like beef, 
Colorado is a huge beef state. I think number 10 in the nation. Uh, cattle in every county, right? And it's also processed here. A lot of processing plants. And then there's beans, dry beans. There's eggs. A lot of eggs out in uh, Montrose area that are produced. Uh, you can find local eggs in most markets. Um, there's a lot of produce. I grew up in Brighton on a farm. A lot of produce is still in that part of town. You know, there's the cicadas, the petrocos, raising onions. And, uh, and uh, let's see what else they raise. Um, lettuce. Cucumbers. Cucumbers, yeah. You know, all yeah. the squashes. All the squashes. Then you go to the western slope, and what do you find on the western slope? Oh, we've got corn out there. The Olathe corn is absolutely mm -hmm. terrific. You know, uh, in our brewing program at Metro State, that's where we get our hops from over on the western slope. Mm, right. Yeah, and I've been over there to see some of the farms, the cherry farms, the peach farms. Um, a lot of great produce. Over there. But then there's processed in Colorado. So it's not grown here, but it's processed here. And I think it's some examples of... Uh, like uh, coffee there's some great coffee roasters in denver area there's yeah. boyer's been here a long time luna many of them now they're not growing the beans in colorado there's no arabica beans in the mountains that i've ever seen have you ever seen arabica beans in colorado chef uh, no, no, not in the uh, lower 48 yeah. we don't grow coffee yeah so we all know it's roasted here yeah and that's what makes it local and that's fine you know we all get that we'd like to buy locally roasted fresh roasted coffee right so there's processed in Colorado, and then there's also, um, you know, like distilled in Colorado. So there's a lot of distilleries. Tell us about some of the ones you know about. I mean, there's a ton of them. Too many well, to mention. You know, I just picked up a, a bottle of Leopold uh, Navy Gin yesterday. Oh. Looked pretty good to me. Um, so, but, uh, you know, the Leopold Brothers, that's a big one. Stranahan's is another one. Um, uh Woody Creek out of the Aspen area. You know, I got to know those people very well during when COVID first hit. Here they are making, uh, they're making gin and rye. And all of a sudden, every hotel and restaurant was going to be closed. What do we do? We have all this stuff in the vats. They turned it all into hand sanitizer and gave it all away. Wow. Yeah, up and down the uh, Roaring Fork Valley. So, you know, another term I wanted to just introduce to everybody is the term food miles. Food miles. You know, mm. a lot of times when we're trying to think about a local product or product that's imported, we take a look at, well, how many food miles are on that? You know, the way that's defined, you know, if, if a chef wants to have blueberries in January... Well, they're coming up from Argentina mm -hmm. or Chile, okay, mm -hmm. because our winter is their summer, mm -hmm. all right? Well, now we have 5,000 food miles on those berries coming all the way up into Colorado. You know, whereas in the summertime, they only have about 300 food miles because we can produce our own berries in the summertime. So it's uh, food miles is one of those trigger mechanisms that if people understand the term, it really helps reduce the area that you're considered local right yeah i think i do hear that term food miles and most often it's used by universities yeah the purchasing agents at universities in colorado they're they're talking about food miles and asking about food miles other than that i don't really have local chefs ask much about food miles although it's an easy concept to grasp you know so well from a chef's perspective you know they they, they want to create a menu based on the products they can readily get right and you know again uh We've seen a lot of changes in our industry in the last two years, and there have been supply chain issues. I think a lot of chefs are getting smarter, and they're thinking, okay, wait a second. Let's, let's scratch out the, the blueberries from Chile, and let's see what, let's, instead of doing something like that in the wintertime months, let's go with a, a butternut squash and a acorn squash type of a hearty dish in the wintertime, rather than, and try to develop our menus so that they reflect seasons, rather than 
reflecting the egos of the chef. Right. I could ask now and then, chef, about uh, why local products cost more. Why, why would your, I have a couple ideas why local, in fact, I know why some local products cost more to the restaurant or to whoever, or even to the consumer. You know, if you're buying, why, why do you think local products might cost more than products sourced from like, let's say South America or another place? Strictly labor. I think uh, a lot of it is labor, um, especially if things are organic, they're picked by hand. Um, that's going to be a lot more expensive than those things that are mechanized. Uh, the cost of fuel. Look at what we're paying privately. What do you think they're doing on farms? And they've got all these combines and tractors and semis they're driving. Those costs have gone up as well. So I think that sometimes the local product is reflective of local laws, regulations, and minimum wages. Yeah, and it's also about efficiencies. You know, a local producer isn't efficient as a guy that's got you know tens of thousands of acres, uh, and even in the, how it's transported. You know, might, you might not be bringing in a whole truckload from California. You might be bringing in a couple pallets, so you're paying more for freight, but just less efficient yeah. than the big guys. So there's nothing wrong about it. It's just the way it is. But uh, I, I just tell people, yeah, you're gonna have to pay a little bit more for local, no matter what it is, and just it's just the way it is. You know. So hey, uh, chef, we have on the line now um, from the Colorado Department of Agriculture. Danielle Trotta, who is the program manager for Colorado Proud. Danielle, thanks for calling in. I have Chef Jackson Lamb from Metropolitan State University in studio, and we're talking about local products. So we're so glad you could join us today and tell us a little bit about the Colorado Proud program. And, uh, Danielle, I'll just start off with a question um, about, uh, you know, many people listening may not know much about ag in Colorado. So can you just share with us a little bit about agriculture and what you do at the Colorado Department of Agriculture? Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. So glad to be a part of this conversation, such an important one. Um, the great thing about agriculture is it literally touches every aspect of your lives, whether you know it or not, whether you want to want to or not. Um, so in Colorado, you know, it's an integral, it, the agricultural industry is an integral part of our state, not only locally, statewide, but also nationally and internationally. So in our state, um, the agricultural industries contribute more more than $47 billion to our economy, and it encompasses more than 32 million acres of land. It also employs more than 195,000 residents, and some of our top commodities are, you know, cattle and calves, dairy, wheat, feed corn, potatoes, nursery and greenhouse products, fruit and veggies, hogs, sheep and wool, not to mention all the amazing local entrepreneurs we have that, you know, are really the fire and drive in our state. And what makes Colorado so great is that entrepreneurial, um, you know, spirit that we have here of so many folks trying to utilize local products to create great products for all, all of us to enjoy. Um, if you want me, do you want me to explain the Colorado Proud Program a little bit? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Right. Yeah. So um, the Colorado Proud Program started in 1999, and uh, it's been around for over 20 years. We had a logo rebrand in 2019, a really awesome logo that you'll find in a lot of places and on local products. So. What we consider to be local for the Colorado Proud program, which, just mind you, it's a very inclusive program, not exclusive. We try to encompass, you know, everyone who's contributing to the state's economy that way. But it's any products that are grown, raised, or made in the state. So you might see a Colorado Proud logo on a coffee roasted beef bag. Obviously, coffee beans do not come from the state of Colorado. But, um, you know, it might be a local roaster that used local ingredients to create flavors, and they're also supporting the economy by contributing to jobs and, um, you know, uh, 
income and whatnot. So it's a very inclusive program, and you'll, you know, any producer can use that logo for free once they join. And of course, when a producer, business owner, manufacturer joins, we take a look at their company and and what they're doing to verify that you know it does meet the standards of our logo use. Danielle, that's great. This is a uh, uh, Chef Jackson Lamb from Metro State University. Hey, I'd like to start Hi. by saying I get your newsletter in the email. Uh, when that comes out. So, uh, in fact, I shared with uh, Greg that I uh, was just cleaning out my inbox and gave it a quick look the other day. You know, but that that made me go to your website, and my question for you is, you know, I see that there is a section there for a Colorado Proud restaurants. What are the criteria for a restaurant to get posted on that website? Sure. So what we look for in restaurants is um, as we like for them to call out the products that they're using in maybe the meals they're providing. So we do understand that not every single ingredient used to create, you know, maybe a biscuits and gravy recipe came from Colorado, but um, calling out those products. For example, in the town I live in, Berthoud, uh, Grandpa's Diner is a popular diner. And so they use the Colorado Proud logo next to the hamburgers and they clearly state that the beef they're using comes from Colorado and where it comes from and they put the logo there so that consumers can understand what it is that means and and what part of their meal is Colorado Proud. So it's a great tool, I think, for restaurants to use to call out, you know, anything they're doing to utilize local ingredients and products that are, you know, agricultural, food, beverage, etc. Daniel, as I walk through the <clears throat> grocery store in my neighborhood, I'll see a lot of Colorado Proud products identified on the shelf and even have uh, the store I go to, um, local King Supers, they even have a Colorado Proud section on the end aisle where they'll, they'll kind of rotate Colorado Proud items. I think that's just a great way for people that if they're looking for local products to, uh, you know, be able to find them on it, you know, easily. So is that, is that really the intent of the Colorado Proud lo- program in the retail stores to help consumers find the local products? Yeah, we have a great relationship with the retailers in our state. We um, usually talk to them quite a bit and, um, you know, just kind of help guide them on how to use the Colorado Proud marketing in-store because there are a lot of labels out there. It's really confusing. Consumers can be led to understand something that maybe is not, you know, exactly what they're trying to achieve. And so, yeah, when we see things like that in King Supers, you know, they are trying to showcase the logo and really draw consumers' uh, eyes to those end caps to find those local products. So, yeah, I've seen that in a lot of King Super stores as well. And, you know, looking there, they're using products that are made in Colorado. And, you know, more back to that entrepreneurial um, fire that the state has is I'll see a lot of, you know, up-and-coming companies there on those end caps. And I do think it's their way of trying to guide people to, you know, if they want to achieve shopping for things locally and, and artisan products, too, that's, that's where they can find them. Very good, Danielle. Hey, uh, here's another question regarding either retailers or restaurants. You know, if a restaurant wants to be all in, and let's try to promote our local lettuces, our tomatoes, our ground beef, just like up at Grandpa's, are there marketing dollars available for restaurants to offset printing and, and that collaboration? You know, um, we were lucky enough this year that the, you know, this past fiscal year that the state legislature passed the caller or the, you know, the Build Back Better program. And so some of those stimulus dollars were given to the Colorado Proud program, among other programs within the Department of Ag, to kind of help um, the stagnation of the market and the industry that was led, you know, that happened from the pandemic and 
and supply chain issues and whatnot. And so um, the stimulus dollars, we did offer a Colorado Proud Marketing and Technical Assistance Grant. Now, you know, because these were stimulus dollars, they were a one-time thing, but we are tracking that information on what those companies have done with those dollars very closely to perhaps present to the legislature moving forward, realizing that it's important to have those dollars for some companies to be able to achieve those marketing claims or buying those local products. And so there are some federal dollars that are coming down the pipe to help retailers, small retailers and um, local restaurants be able to, or just restaurants in general, to be able to buy those local products. So while I'm not familiar with those federal programs that are available right now, I do know that as far as what we tried with the stimulus dollars was to help these um, smaller companies achieve the things they'd like to achieve with those marketing and technical assistance dollars. So we've seen a lot of people be able to change their packaging and put the logo on there um, or be able to, uh, like we have Loco Foods up in Fort Collins, they were able to wrap their trucks and, and, you know, kind of promote what they're doing to help people, you know, want to get their products from their retailers and whatnot. So there were dollars available. We hope there's more in the future, but there are other programs available now to help with those needs. But yes, that is something that we realized there's a great need for. And, and, you know, we try, you know, we tried something new with the stimulus dollars to see if we could help that. So hopefully we can prove our case and maybe moving forward there'll be some more dollars in the future for these types of, um, you know, grants and projects. Danielle, I've noticed on your website, um, the Colorado uh, Department of Agriculture websites, where people would find the Colorado Proud section. So I just Googled, um, searched for Colorado Proud and took me right to the Department of Ag website, and then you can click on the page for Colorado Proud. But I noticed there's a lot of resources there. There's even a, a way to search for companies uh, that uh, produce different things. So if someone's looking for resources or consumers are looking for Colorado Proud companies, how, how would they go about uh, finding that? Tell us just a little bit about your website and what it's built for. Yeah, so of course we have our website that's directly on the Department of Agriculture's page, which is more just informational introduction to the program. You'll see we have a for consumers, for producers section, and there's, like, for producers, it's great because we have, like, a list of co-packers, um, manufacturers, folks who are looking to maybe move to products, uh, uh, products that will be in retailers and shelf-stable and whatnot. And then we have consumer information, um, you know, crop calendar and how to find farmer's markets and, um, uh, yes, a link to our new website, coloradoproud.com which, yes, you can type apples, you can put a region in, and hopefully that'll help you find either a supplier or a producer or stores that will carry those products. Um, we're trying to make it as easy as possible on the coloradoproud.com website for folks to find local products and then also, you know, find recipes, find events that they'd like to be a part of. It's, it's definitely geared more towards the consumers, but it is a tool for our producers, food manufacturers, beverage um, makers, and so... Um, we also hope that business to business, you know, if there's a someone who's looking for apples or, you know, dried apples or whatnot, they can get on the website and maybe find a producer who'd be willing to supply them. Maybe they have all the certifications they need. And so that was the, the idea behind ColoradoProud.com. Um, more a consumer tool, but definitely a good a tool for producers and business to business folks as well. Hey, Danielle, yeah, I know you're tied in closely to a lot of the Colorado <clears throat> producing companies, co produce companies, all, all the different ag companies that produce Colorado products. How have they done coming back from COVID and, and COVID interruptions, do you feel? Yeah, what a, what a life-changing um, 
event that was for so many of us. Um, I think that, you know, we actually have a great podcast on this regarding moving forward from the pandemic. So you can find that at Cultivation Station. You can you can search that on the Colorado Department of Ag page. But, um, you know, some companies, some companies found their niche and, and found a whole new market and some companies did not. I think there was a point when consumers were really reaching out um, to producers, so it became more of a, you know, direct-to-consumer, producer-to-consumer business model that was, um, you know, heavily used during the pandemic since folks were stuck inside or couldn't get to the grocery stores or there weren't things on the shelves. But then as we moved out of the pandemic, I do feel like folks really went back to retailers, um, you know, and as things started to normalize and gradually open back up, I think that some of our um, direct-to-consumer businesses kind of went the other direction again. Um, you know, everyone faced some really big supply chain disruptions and financial hurdles. And, of course, like we mentioned, the department tried to offer some grant opportunities and loan opportunities to help that. You know, now with this bumpy ride moving forward, you know, we just continue to urge consumers to look locally first. So, that's our way of trying to mitigate, you know, folks just kind of falling back into the, we'll just get it at the grocery store or whatever. Um, so, you know, we, we really pushed our farm fresh directory again this year. We even have a Spanish version to really help people know that shopping local just isn't for, you know, folks who have extra money. We really put a focus on linking people to farmers markets that, you know, have take direct, uh, take um, double up food bucks and, um, you know, government subsidized dollars to be able to buy fresh products. And so I think from our standpoint at Colorado Proud, we're just really trying to continue to push our message, which we've, you know, clearly been stating from the beginning that, you know, if you can buy local, try that first. And there are lots of ways to be able to afford that as well. Um, I do think a lot of businesses, you know, like I said, the direct-to-consumer model is still very popular. And I think the pandemic helps shine a light on that, but there are lots of new, lots of new challenges coming up. So um, it's a, it's a tough time right now, but it's really important for the small businesses to hold on if they can. Right. Yeah. Even my own company, we started a direct to consumer website and platform during COVID, and we didn't have that. But we learned an important lesson that he or she, the company that has direct access to the consumer, wins. And when you lose that access, yes. um, you know, it's hard to sell products. Hey, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today. We're about out of time. But uh, I just wanted to thanks for coming on and talking to us about the Colorado Proud program. Yeah, thanks for all you guys do. I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Have a good day. Talk soon. Thank you. You too. Bye. Today's show is brought to you by RanchFreshMeats.com. RanchFreshMeats.com finds the best quality local meat products in the marketplace, the majority of which come from family farms and ranches and USDA plants that I know personally. Hey, everyone's trying to save money on groceries these days, especially as food gets more and more expensive. And there's no end in sight for food inflation. So sign up at ranchfreshmeats.com for our weekly newsletter. You can do that at the bottom of the homepage. And every week we'll send you out a specials list, things that we have that are on special because all of our suppliers have products on a weekly or monthly basis that they're trying to move. They're long on this or long on that. They've got maybe something in inventory that's not moving or that they produce too much of. So we put those items on sale and many times those items are cheaper than you can buy anywhere else in retail. So also we've got a great deal right now. You can get free bacon for life. All orders over $100 you get free bacon. So go to ranchfreshmeats.com, place an order. You can use the code FOODCHAT, FOODCHAT to get 10% off your order, ranchfreshmeats.com.
Hey, Chef Jackson. So it's summertime, and uh, now the retail stores, even our neighborhood stores we all shop in, you know, whether they're a big chain or not, they, they try to buy Colorado Proud produce. So now's the time of year we're going to start seeing those, the Colorado Proud lettuce, the peaches, the corn. The Rocky Ford cantaloupes. The Rocky Ford cantaloupes. Yeah, we had Michael Hiracata on before, and the Hiracata melons will be in the store soon, so people should look for those. Yeah. You know, because they still uh, have the, the, the imported watermelons from Mexico there, and the uh, California and Arizona imported melons there, and the Colorado ones are just a little more expensive. They're like a dollar more per yeah. melon, you know. But. Well, we're from a seasonal growing perspective we're about two or three months behind the southern states that's really the issue this is we're coming into our season now uh previously we couldn't uh, get melons out of the ground any earlier you know what i wanted to ask danielle was you know once we come up to full capacity how much gets exported out of the state we send a lot of produce across the country and internationally in fact danielle started with that earlier regarding uh, colorado produce so you know we're um you know just because of our altitude we have a shorter growing season than texas than mexico than uh, california but uh, when we come up to capacity we can knock out the groceries yeah we have one growing season versus arizona might have two for watermelons california two for many things so um that that leaves us a little bit of a disadvantage you know speaking of Colorado grown products that are highly sought after. I was at a food show a couple months ago in Mexico and I had a bunch of Colorado potato producers with me. And Colorado potatoes are highly coveted in Mexico. And you know why? Is because they can't grow a potato like that with the hot weather they have in Mexico. It doesn't it's it's not the same. Yeah. They can't they can't get a, a potato that's firm and they could make French fries or potato chips with. So actually Colorado potatoes are worth more not less, but more when you export them. It's one of the few crops that they actually can make more money exporting it than selling it. Don't mess, selling it right here in their own backyard. Yeah, yes. that's amazing. Yeah, so uh, I just encourage people to look for local products. And hey, like uh, Chef Jackson said at the beginning of the show, we'll just kind of end with this. Just be careful when you're at the. Um, uh, they don't call them uh, farmers markets anymore. They're fresh markets. Maybe that's because the farmer's not the one there in the booth as much as they used to be. But ju just keep an eye on the boxes in the back and where they're getting their products from. Not a lot of them do have some integrity, but just just be careful and ask questions about uh, the supply where that stuff came from. Right? Yeah. You know, I'll close by saying that I was in Washington last month, and I walked through a farmers market in. Uh, I can't remember the neighborhood. It was a true farmer's market. I mean, there had to be a dozen farmers with the pickup trucks, with the wooden boxes, loading the stuff up. I was walking through at the, at the end of the day. When I was at the Cherry Creek Fresh Market, you know, there's the shampoo seller. There is the dog cart seller. Wow. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, it's everything but farmers. That's the whole thing. Uh, right. You know, there's a couple of people making uh, pierogies or... Uh, uh, you know, different food items, but I thought all in all, there's only two or three farmers there. That's about it. That's yeah, really just an outdoor food market uh, kind of thing. So, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us today on Food Chat. Food Chat's on every week during your lunch hour at 1230 uh, on Wednesdays here at 560 a.m. Food Chat is about all things food, growing food, harvesting food, cooking food. We're really just here to reconnect you to food, especially Colorado-grown food. And all summer long, we'll be interviewing farmers, ranchers, food companies, chefs. So join us here at Food Chat. Any of our la past shows can be found at www.foodchat.us, foodchat.us. 
The views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect those of Crawford Broadcasting, the station, management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.